What's up, everyone? Welcome back in to another episode of the Creighton Volleyball Wrap-Up Podcast. I'm Matt DeMarinas. I'm joined, as always, by Megan Ballinger. And we're going to get you all caught up on the Jays. Two more sweeps this weekend. They beat Seton Hall or St. John's on Friday, Seton Hall on Sunday. Uh, had senior day, a lot of milestones, some cool moments. And, yeah, the last week of the regular season is here, so we'll look forward to that as well. Um but this was the last home weekend of the regular season. I think the Jays will probably play a few more home matches, though. Is that a little? Has that been, was that weird, Megan, for in your career too? Because you, I mean, I guess you alternated home conference tournaments every other year, if I'm not mistaken. So didn't it go whoever top seed, whoever didn't host the year before, got the host kind of deal? Has that always been the rule? I think maybe. Yeah, I, I think about that. I think whoever like wins it gets the right to host the following year, but you can't host twice in a row. Yeah. Yeah. That's my understanding. So that's why I like always um, alternated. Right. So you have gone through your career where it's like senior day weekend or whatever. And those are always supposed to be like in, in, you know, normally that's like the last time you're going to play at home in front of your fans and family and friends. Uh, But not, that's not, that's not quite how it sets up for Creighton because they're obviously going to host the Big East tournament, and they're in position to host in the NCAA tournament. So there's still at least two more, or at least one more, I guess I should say, at least one more home match left after this one. But was Senior Weekend still kind of emotional for you, at, and you know, for all your teammates and everything like that? Even though you guys knew you still had lots left to play for and lots of home matches left, was it still kind of emotional knowing that you were, you know, that it was Senior Day match type of situation? Yeah, I think so. I mean. You know, they do like separate celebrations and that sort of thing, um, you know, separate from anything else you would normally do. And um, I think at this point in the season, too, I mean, you, you kind of look at your calendar and the amount of matches that are actually like slated or are going to happen are just dwindling. So, um, yeah, I would say it's emotional. And then, of course, um, you know, everyone's family is in town. You know, for a lot of people that live far away, that's not always the case. So it's just a little bit um different and it's a lot of fun obviously and they had a really great crowd today I thought um so yeah it's just fun and I think everyone you know wants to celebrate like what you've done and it kind of makes you reflect back and a lot of these players have spent you know five six years playing college volleyball so um for them it's been a really long time coming and even though it's so long it goes so fast so I think that's the that's the part that's kind of hard to wrap your mind around when you're like oh you know it's it's sober I never thought this day would come you know or I knew it would but I didn't you know imagine it'd be here so quick well it's funny for the players to think about that in terms of how time how fast time goes but I'm sitting over here in year 11 and I've seen like three four five senior classes rip through as freshmen and graduate and Get married, have children, and everything. It's like, oh my yeah. god, this is a little bit overwhelming when I start to reflect a little bit. But yeah, it was an emotional day today, so we'll we'll get caught up on that too because there were some cool moments. But um, let's start on Friday because that that the St. John's match I think is one I know you and I definitely circled because that's just you know from a physicality standpoint, St. John's looks the part off the bus, right? So, uh, you would think that's going to be a present creating a, a difficult challenge if they're not, if they don't bring their a game for that. And then compound the fact that Nora sis was kind of a late scratch. You know, she's been in that walking boot, you know, the walking boot isn't necessarily a death knell. People see the walking boot, I think in public and they kind of freak out a little bit. It's more of just yeah, a stabilization thing. Right. Um, but yeah, this time she was in the boot for the match and wasn't dressed. So she was a scratch. 
uh, I, you know, right now she's day to day with a foot injury. So the, I think the coaching staff opted to kind of, you know, if they had to choose a winner to sitter, this was probably the only realistic one left when you think about next week and then conference tournament, then NCAA tournament, if they, if they, if they think she can play. So, um, yeah, so it was a chance for other players to step up. And we, you know, we've kind of talked about their depth all year. And, you know, Jazz Schmidt was ready to rock and roll from the jump. And I don't know, what what impressed you about her performance, uh, especially against St. John's, because she came out and was just, you know, putting the ball down left and right. Uh, and really, you know, I don't know if you if you catch St. John's coaching staff as they're watching the early portion of that match, you could tell they were kind of, not having as much fun as they usually have because I think they were worried about how to, you know, how to defend jazz. Cause she's a little bit different than, you know, she's a lefty. She is on the right side. It's a little bit different of an attacker, right? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the one advantage she's not on film a ton, you know, in Creighton's system. I mean, there's been a handful of games that obviously she, she's come in and played like a good, you know, big role kind of provided a spark off the bench, but she's not in that consistent role where it's like, we have a great shot chart, you know, of all of her tendencies and that sort of thing. Um, and I think you saw that. I mean, where I was sitting, I had a really good angle of the blockers and the blockers continued to float. That left pin blocker continued to float past her and she was hitting high seam a ton and just like bearing it into the right back area. Um, and so those are things that St. John's didn't really like adjust to. And um, yeah, I think she, she really took advantage, you know, of them kind of not knowing like where she was going to hit. Um and moved around her shots. And then, yeah, we've talked about like being left-handed, she can hit some different shots, um, you know, from different angles than a typical like right-handed hitter on that pin would hit. So um, yeah, she provided a ton of spark for them too. And just, I think her experience and she's really emotional too. And I think that really helps, um, helps them out. Yeah. She got, cause when she gets off to a good start, then it's like, she's got a lot of fire. Mm -hmm. So you can, you can kind of ride her, her like wave of energy, you know, as opposed to if she had gotten off to a not a great start, and then you're thinking, okay, so our our you know our auxiliary plan there isn't going well. We don't have Nora. We kind of got to figure out some things here. And St. John's can build confidence off that, and we know what happens when they build confidence and they get off to a good start, you know. So uh, yeah, it just seemed like, and and then you look at the way St. John's used timeouts. I was very very confused about their timeout usage. I, it just felt like they were. You know, I just felt like they lost the the mental battle quickly because of I think what Jazz was doing, and I don't know how tricky is it for a for to deal with a lefty. Is it? Because you probably don't see that a whole lot, especially in your gym. But St. John's does though, because Jazz mentioned <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, so that's the one thing that Jazz said. Because I asked her, like, well, do you think it's do you think being left handed had its advantages in that matchup? And she's like, I don't think it should have because they have Rostelli, but it I think it did. So what's I guess what's tricky about trying to, you know, trying to read and line up in front of a lefty as a blocker? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of times, I mean, for instance, um, like so when I was watching St. John's blockers, I thought they were kind of overrunning her. And if that ball drops inside, a right-handed person, like with from that angle, isn't going to reach over their left-handed shoulder and be able to hit that ball with power. But if it dies inside for a left-handed person, that's easy for them, right? Because it's on that side of their body. So it's just a natural progression. They can get their feet to the ball a lot more easily, um, get inside and get some good power behind a swing. Um, so I think, yeah, that's a big a big part of it. Um, 
you know, you don't want that ball necessarily set all the way wide to the pin when you're setting a left-handed person because it's the opposite kind of relationship. Like they can't take their left hand, reach across to the right side of their body and get that ball and put power behind it. So um, those are some things that I thought St. John's, yeah, would kind of adapt to a little bit more because obviously, I mean, their stud player is left-handed, you know, she's been there for five years, right? So Mm -hmm. they should have good experience, um, with that but yeah for whatever reason they really struggled blocking and then defensively too um they weren't really in positions I didn't think to to dig mm-hmm. her as either so that was that was interesting um you know and part of that is that they run that like middle back up defense where the person in the middle is kind of like the rover person getting tips so there's yeah. a lot of area exposed in the backcourt um which is different but yeah um kind of a surprising response or I guess not a response from St. John's I know it did feel like it just got away from him quick and uh, Creighton just rolled that wave because it was going to be interesting. I thought from a visit, from a physicality standpoint, you know, if St. John's could get a couple hitters going, uh, get their block going and kind of turn that into a back and forth match, you know, how well could Creighton continue to execute without, you know, just having that safety net of throwing a ball to Nora across, across the floor and have her putting it down, you know? Uh, but it just didn't turn out that way. I thought Creighton did a really good job of setting tones early and often in sets and expanding leads. Um, you know, like St. John's would call timeouts and then Creighton would come out of a timeout and get a kill or an ace. You know, that's a great response from Creighton because normally I think St. John's, if I, if I'm giving them credit for one thing in terms of I'm trying to understand their timeout usage, cause I don't, I didn't get it. And I thought they were a little bit too trigger happy with them because you burn them early like that. And then once momentum swings, if it swings back, you can't stop it and settle yourself into the match, you know? So if you're burning timeouts in the first 15 rallies, you're kind of screwed in in some regard, because even if you play your way back into that, you can't stop the match anymore, you know, unless you challenge, which, you know, is a strategy, but that just doesn't seem like it's a very good idea. But it felt like Creighton responded out of timeouts better than St. John's did. Even when St. John's was the one calling them to regroup, I thought Creighton did a good job of coming out and getting a first ball kill or getting St. John's out of system, you know, still being nailed from the from the from behind the line. And I thought, you know, that's just something that Creighton did really well in that match. Yeah, for sure. And I think at times like St. John's didn't really help themselves out. I thought they made errors, you know, I times that you just are trying to get back in the match and they just weren't really able to get momentum and um Creighton too I thought scouted really well um you know Kendra Waite had a a couple dumps to that like six back area just knowing their defense you know she was able to throw it in there for some easy kills and yeah I just thought they executed really well um it seemed to me like they followed you know the game plan that the coaches set out and just didn't really let St. John's get much momentum in the match honestly yeah, and the one thing I think when you look at that matchup too is is St. John's is a really physical team. Like they have a lot of tall, strong, you know, front row players that are good on the good good blockers, good hitters, uh, can put the ball down and score. And I think the one thing that was really apparent early and often throughout the whole match was the disadvantage St. John's has in in their back row ability, like. I didn't think they could dig the balls that Creighton could dig. And like you said, Kendra has the ability to kind of expose that back row because St. John's leaves it open. Um, and I thought Kendra's athleticism at the net was 
incredible in that match too. I mean, for someone who's what is she? Maybe six foot, maybe less than that. Is she, I don't know what I, she's listed. I at, would but, say less, maybe five. Yeah, times. I agree with you. Yeah, I think you know, you know, her athleticism is just eye popping sometimes. And I thought there was one sequence. I think it might have been in the first set or early in the second where she got a block touch on the right pin. On the right pin, I think it was in transition, and then in transition of that same rally. She got the over-the-shoulder setter dump that St. John's actually dug and got up. And so transition kept happening. And I think she ended up taking a swing uh, or getting a block in the middle of the net or something. Either way, she scored on the third sequence of that rally. But, I mean, she was just all over the net with, like, just that athleticism, just, you know, getting up off the floor quick, uh, being a strong physical presence at the net. I mean, it's just eye-popping sometimes how athletic that kid is, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's multiple points, um, you know, in the game, and they let her get, like, if a, ball, if a ball's, like, shanked a little bit, like, most people just get out of her way, right, and they don't step in. They're like, she's got it because she's so fast and athletic, and there was one I remember she was, like, diving left, like, towards their bench, and then, yeah, it comes up, tries to get to block, and gets a stuff block. Like, there's just points like that that are just, like, special, you know, athletically that you just are like, wow, you know? It's like, not everyone can do that, and I think that shows. It's really fun to watch. It is really fun to watch. And, and there's and you're right. There's always points in matches where you're just like it's just Kendra being Kendra. They're like the, those are it's just the moments where you're like, that's there's only one player on the court who can do that, and it's her. And it's just incredible to watch that sometimes because you never know when it's gonna happen. You know, she's kind of all over the place in general. She's a really good defender. She has great range, great reflexes, uh, great reaction timing. And then but then there's also those moments where it's just like she puts you know, a combination of all those things together and just like, whoa, where did that come from? You know, <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, well, that's that's Kendra. So, um, you know, who else I thought had a really good match? And I I don't know if I'm highlighting this because I thought they were necessarily struggling, but I thought Allison Witten the week prior maybe didn't. Um, didn't have her best match in serve receive against, I think, UConn and Providence. I thought she was really, really good against St. John's when, in terms of her ball handling. I thought St. John's had a really tough time getting getting uh, Creighton out of system, and I just thought Allison did a great job on those first contacts. And um, you know, I thought I thought it was a good step forward for her because I don't I don't know how she felt necessarily coming off that weekend, or if she felt like it was one of those things where she where she thought she wasn't performing well or anything like that, but it just felt like she played a lot better on first contact against St. John's in particular compared to how she did the previous weekend against UConn and, and Providence. Yeah, I would agree. I, I mean, I can't remember any times really that, you know, she shanked a ball. I don't think she had any reception errors just looking at the stats. So, yeah, and I think she put that ball, you know, on the net. You know, you talk about a good pass, like, 10 foot line, right? Like you want to get it there, but the expectation for Crane is to get that ball on the net so that your setter can distribute and be an option. So those are those things that make you just a little bit better, you know, when you have that attention to detail. And, you know, I thought she anchored um, the service team really well. And um, that's a big part of her job and something that, you know, isn't flashy, but definitely um, as yeah. we've talked about, serve and pass is probably the most important component of volleyball. Um, so, mm-hmm. 
you know, those people that are back there, kind of those quiet leaders in the back getting um, great passes up to your center are the ones that you can thank for, you know, those in-system kills and that sort of thing. Yeah. And, you know, something we've been talking about maybe two, three weeks running here is the difference between Creighton's efficiency in transition versus on first ball kills, right? Well, this weekend, and just to tie it into Seton Hall as we move into the next match here on Senior Day, uh, this weekend Creighton hit 333 on first ball kills. So that's that's a lot better than they had been hitting the last four, three, four weeks, I think, in for, on first ball kills. And against Seton Hall, they were, what, 14? Let me see, do the math real quick. Yeah, 414. So they hit 414 on first ball kills against Seton Hall and then 283 against St. John's. So that's a lot. I mean, that's about 200-point jump in you know in the, in the right direction for for their first ball offense and it, it's hard not to attribute that to that first contact don't you think isn't that maybe the linchpin in, in their in their you know rising efficiency on in that area of the game maybe yeah i think so and also i i think i would maybe point out that Norsis wasn't um on the court and i think you have to go to different options and i think teams mm-hmm. maybe were caught off guard a little bit by that because you can't be um you know you can't just give away like what you're gonna do in specific rotations so I think maybe that was part of it as well um people stepping up in different areas um but yeah I think I mean it's great to see and I think their serving pass was really strong I mean I thought they were really strong behind the service line a number of aces today um for sure I remember and yeah I think great passing and um I thought Kendra distributed really well and um, you know, dumped at the right times, got kills um, at big times too. So I think, you know, everybody was involved and it was a total team effort. I didn't, you know, I don't remember like one player, you know, getting a ton of kills or being that person that they're like pumping balls to over and over again. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, they had pretty good parity. Yeah, the parity was incredible all weekend for sure. I think, and then when you go into senior day, Bethany Clapp gets the start and, I, you know, it was interesting because I think – you know, in my experience, you know, coaches will throw seniors into the starting lineup as kind of just a, you know, a nod because they get to, you know, go through the introductions and, you know, be on the floor and go through all that kind of and feel that energy of that first point and get the match started and everything like that. And I think, uh, I think Seton Hall was going after Bethany a little bit. Like I thought maybe that was a way they thought, let's, let's try to get ourselves into the match here by, you know, targeting someone who, hasn't played a whole bunch and see if we can get them nervous and shaky and, and, you know, possibly get off to a good start here. And it, it kind of worked a little bit in the first two or three rallies. I think they aced her once. Um, and to her credit, she settled right in, you know, and had I actually had a good day where she was constantly in the lineup and, and Creighton didn't have to kind of make a big adjustment where, you know, it just, it just didn't work out, you know, Cause it is a little bit of a gamble when you put someone in there that hasn't been in that role before. And you say, all right, it's, you know, it's your show for as long as you can handle it. Um, but she did great. I mean, eight kills on 23 swings. She had two sixty-one. Uh, she only had the one uh, reception error, the ACE that was early in the match uh, came up with four digs, had three blocks I mean, pretty solid day for, for, you know, a player that hasn't gotten a whole lot of uh, run this year, but you know, I think the coaching staff said, let's, you know, these seniors have been working hard. They've been they've been challenging us in the gym and doing a good job on scout teams. So let's give them, you know, let's give them what they've earned here in terms of some playing time and 
see if it works out. And Bethany ran with it today. I, I mean, I had to my hat to her because, like I said, it didn't it didn't start off great, but she she settled in pretty good, don't you think? Yeah, I thought she was really impressive and um, was able to score a lot of different ways, you know, tooling hands, going cross court. Um, so she really changed up what she was doing, too. And I think Seton Hall struggled um, defensively with her. So I thought she did a great job. And um, yeah, for somebody that doesn't get a ton of playing time, I don't think you would know that if you walked into the gym right after those first few points and you just be like, oh, yeah, she's in there all the time. This is her role and she's she's rocking it. So. Yeah, um, definitely props to her for um, her performance today. It is kind of mind-blowing, the depth on this team, isn't it? We continue to see uh, just one player after another stepping up and, and making something happen in a positive way. I'm just I, – I don't know. I just continue to be impressed by how much quality depth is on this team. It's one thing to have, you know, players who can challenge you and scout and, you know, push you in practice – but it's another thing to just do that when the lights are on. Cause I feel like that's a different level of pressure and concentration that goes into that to where I think your starters are your starters for a reason. It's because they know how to handle that pressure and perform and be technically sound and put all that together for the duration of a match. But I think what's blowing me away about this, this group, this particular group is that they really haven't had drop off. And we talked about it before, but they just, you know, Kirsten has a lot of luxury back there where she can just call anybody out there. And for the most part, the performances have been pretty consistent and the level has pretty much sustained itself throughout. They've, I mean, and they've gotten to the, they've got now that here they are 16 and 0 with one weekend left in the regular season. And they've, they've played a lot of players. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's really impressive. And for them to win, what was it, 26 straight sets? I think yeah. that's what I saw today. I think that for me is so impressive. Um, Especially like this weekend, you know, not having Norris kind of that like primary outside the primary, you know, kill leader and that sort of thing in your lineup and just still, you know, be able to play different people like Bethany Clapp. I, you know, when I walked in, I didn't expect that she'd, you know, be in the entire game and she did a great job. Um, you know, Ava Martin didn't see the court today, but I don't yeah. think, you know, you didn't notice. And I think those are things that are really impressive and, um, uh, yeah, it's just like I, I don't remember a team that I was ever on, um, you know, or just ever watching that had that much depth of people that could come in and honestly, like, take over a game. Um, yeah, you know, you have those types of people that can be that primary person that you're looking to, um, and they aren't on the court normally. So I think yeah. for me, that's really impressive, and um, I'm sure very hard as a coach to make decisions about. Um, but luckily, you know, people will step in and take advantage when their number's called. Yeah, it is incredible when you just say it, when you just say the words like that. Yeah. Nora and the sis and Ava Martin didn't play at all today. <laughs> yeah. And Creighton and Creighton didn't didn't skip a beat, just swept Seton Hall. Like and it's not and Seton Hall's actually had a decent year this year. I mean that they're, they're not they're just gonna miss out on the Big East tournament, but they've had a good year one under that coaching staff. And yeah, for I mean, I think Creighton's depth today was like an exclamation point on what they've been saying that it's not lip service that they that they think they have a deep roster this year. It's kind of been on display because you take away your top two kills leaders in Big East play, and you don't even use them at all, and you still, you know, 25-15, 25-17, 25-7. I mean, that wasn't even a competitive match at all, you know? And you didn't have your top two offensive options. That's crazy, right? Yeah, I think that's nuts, honestly. But, I mean, and you have players. I think the one nice thing, too, is, like, you have players that can kind of move along the net and play different positions. and. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, Keely Davis played outside today. Um, 
you know, and, and that was just really helpful for them, you know, to be able to slot her in wherever and you have good middles who can be right sides and you have a really good right side and that sort of thing. So yeah, it's a lot of fun um, just to kind of watch what they can do and the different patterns that they can run offensively. Yeah. So we thought Allison Witten had a great weekend. I thought Bethany Clapp had a great day today against uh, Seton Hall. Jazz Schmidt, Jazz Schmidt hit 526 this weekend. Um, an average 3.7 kills per set. Uh, that's a good day at the office there. Um, <laughs> I think she made two errors against St. John's, none today against Seton Hall on 16 swings. She had 10 kills. Um, but the two seniors I really want to talk about because they've put in some mileage, right? <laughs> there's there's a lot of uh there's a lot of experience in these two in on these two bodies here. And uh you know, Keely Davis, it's this is it's one of those things that you're not going to, I don't think I'll forget this senior day for Creighton. I, I, you know, sometimes it's a blur because you go through senior days and with this volleyball program, they've kind of just, the way they've handled the big East, it's hard to remember some have memorable senior days. Right. Cause it all just kind of like is the same story every day. It's just like, who's next and, and move on from there. But this one's going to stick with me a little bit because Jayla Zimmerman and Keely Davis had two moments in set three, both in set three that I think is going to, I don't know. And it's the individual accolades, the stats and stuff like that, that, you know, people like me nerd out more about than players probably do because they're probably not thinking about it the whole time, especially while you're in season and everything's going on. But Jayla has obviously been sitting on (laughs) She came into the year with 997 kills, right? Off of a torn, you know, just a torn up knee, basically. And so there's like a race there. Like, you know, she's just outside the 1,000 kill club. Um, is she going to get there? Is there enough left for her to for her to pull it off? And, you know, you're sitting there and she comes into the day with two to go. And you start and she gets the first one early. So you're like, okay. You know, it's different if you come into the match late and you're like, all right, is she going to be in enough rotations here to even get two swings off, right? So, you know, and I think she had one against – what one got overturned? Did the St. John's Providence. one get overturned? Providence, that's right. So 999. And I was like, there it is. And then I was like, <laughs> okay, take it away. <laughs> yeah, see, exactly. Um, so, yeah, she had two to go today, and she got one fairly early. I think she got it in set two on her first swing. And then – so you're thinking, all right, there's a shot here as you go into set three. She's one away. And as you saw Kirsten's substitution patterns, you know, she was coming in probably twice a set and playing about, what, two, three rotations, if I'm not mistaken, right? Because she wasn't coming out right away after serving. Um, yeah, two and a half, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. So, yeah, she was getting some opportunities there. So you, you feel like if Creighton's in system and Kendra has the back row to set, she's on the net she can give Jayla a shot at it um and then Keely Davis came into set three I believe she was one away from tying the record for aces in a career she came into the day two away she got one early and what Keely Keely's was crazy because she came into the set three one ace away from tying the record and she goes ace she got she got three aces in the first five rallies so she got it she tied it then she got it two rallies later and then she added to it two rallies after that that was pretty incredible a little serving run there got him out to a 5-0 lead and then set an all-time record and 
great in program history. Not a bad way to start a set, right, on your senior day. Yeah, that was a that was a good start. And I think that kind of set the tone for that set, you know. Um, but they yeah, they just dominated 25 to 7. Um, you know, at some point you're just like praying is rolling, um, you know, just watching it. And I think, you know, everything was kind of going right for them at that point. Yeah, for sure. How what what do you see different about Keeley as a server that maybe wasn't there as a freshman? Hmm. Um, I think, I mean, just the confidence, I think, I mean, obviously that's, you know, what you would expect, I guess, a freshman versus um, a senior, but mm -hmm. yeah, I think just the confidence in her ability to place the ball with a lot of pace on it. I think, okay. you know, that's the thing where it's like when you really dial it in, she's able to hit those spots and put a lot of pace behind it um, and get just serve receivers like disrupted. I think um, that's the, that's the biggest thing. And then also, I guess another thing, um, just not like missing, you know, there's a lot of times where she just can go on those runs. And I think that was a really good example of her being able to open up a run and, um, you know, not make an error on her second or third, but, you know, usually she's good for a few really good serves, um, yeah. you know, typically. And that's, that's a really important, you know, aspect as much as you want to be a great server, you don't want to get an ACE and miss your next serve and that sort of thing. Right. You want to keep that pressure on and, um, yeah, today was a really good example in that third set of keeping the pressure on, um, you know, and making the other team really work um, to get out of it. Yeah, you know, I think the thing that stands out to me in, when I'm trying to figure out what makes her so good behind the line, I think it's her concentration level. Because if I'm not mistaken, she doesn't have a wide a array of zones she likes to go after, right? She goes after the same zone over and over again, which to me is like, all right, that's easy to scout because you know where she's going with the ball. But the fact that she's so effective makes her consistency the weapon, right? You know, she can – it's the same ball, essentially, the same tempo, same pace, same trajectory. But its effectiveness, I think, is tied to her consistency, her ability to nail it, you know, at, at the – you know, check all those boxes off every time she serves, trajectory, velocity, and area. And I think that's what makes it really hard because I think, you know, teams come in and they probably know, okay, she's their number one server. We know where she's going with the ball, yet they just can't handle it. You know, they're they're either out of system or they're getting aced. And I think it's because of her ability to be consistent with it that is her primary weapon from behind the line, just her ability to concentrate and focus. Because what we saw it last weekend, right, who was, who was calling timeouts during her serving run? Or... Was it UConn who like wiped the floor and she just like set the ball down and stood there and just, so. you know, yeah. I think she just set the ball down and stood there and kind of just like turned off for a minute. And then once, you know, the up official, you know, gave her the signal that she could put the ball in play. She just kind of picked the ball up, went back through her routine, whatever it is in her head and nailed another serve. You know, I think that's, I think her consistency, her consistency is tied to, you know, her effectiveness because she just goes back there and does the same thing over and over again. And even though teams know where she's going and what she's doing, they just can't stop it. They, they're they really thrown off by it when she goes back there. Yeah, you know, I think maybe she's in some heads of some passers. Um, you know, after after a while, I think maybe, um, you know, really that is an aspect. But, yeah, she's so consistent back there. And a huge part of, you know, Creighton being able to finish games. I mean, we've seen that this season where she's back there and you're like, great like this is who we want back there you know and she's mm -hmm. confident and she puts in that 
that tough serve, even when the score's tight, um, you know, or Creighton's down and that really allows them, um, to go on runs and, you know, finish games, win matches. Um, so it's been a huge, um, part of what this team needs this season. Um, and they've really utilized her. Yeah. It is just wild too, because she comes in, you know, with, there's enough matches left where the record's kind of in reach. But I don't know if I thought she was going to get it this weekend, but she had nine aces in the two, two matches. Oh, wow. That's, that's insane, you know? Like, that's, that's that's it's almost like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to get it this weekend on senior weekend and, and put it – I'm going to put it behind everybody. Let it We'll put it in the record books, and then I can just go after championships after that. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. It was cool because she started set three, and she's like, yeah, we're just going to get this over with. Ace, 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 done. It's a wrap. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you, everyone. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Not to the crowd, everything. Um, but JLo's was a cool one too, you know, because again, you knew going into set three that she was one away and that she was probably gonna play two two rotations. So she might get two, maybe three cracks at it, right? But they'd all be from the back row mostly. Um and I think I think she got one good swing out of the back row first. Uh let me think. Actually, I think her first shot at it in set two, she sent the ball long. So she mm-hmm. got a crack at it in set two. She sent it long. And then her first crack at it in set, th- set three, I think they dug that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then she comes back in. She gets first con- She nails the pass, first of all. So she got first contact and third contact on the 1,000th kill. So she nailed the pass and then, you know, did her approach. And instead of just, you know, pounding the ball home like she tried to do the first two times, she actually, like, went off speed from the back row. How hard is that to pull off? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of teams obviously are, like, dug in on the back row attack because typically it's that, like, longer ball that you hit. So, yeah, it's hard to do and, you know, slow down your momentum a lot of times, too, because in the back row, a lot of times you want to be, like, jumping with so much momentum where you, like, land in front. Um, But, yeah, it was a really good spot and off-seed, and it was was fun to see the reaction of everyone um, after that ball fell down because everyone obviously was aware of it, um, including the crowd and coaches and everyone on the – um floor so yeah that was a really cool moment that's probably a hat tip to rob anderson he probably told everybody because you know that's what (laughs) sids do so hey she's one away get her so yeah kirsten had a great celebration and then you see norris sis hopping around on one foot trying not to put too much pressure on the boot side and like just freaking out because she knew jayla got the eight thousand kill like i mean it just kind of speaks to who jayla is right that her teammates had that kind of reaction to it and the crowd and everything obviously know what she's been through and I don't know. It's not over yet. Like they're not done and all, and honestly all the stuff they want to accomplish is still in front of them still. So it's almost like, it's almost like the season's about to start here. You know, all they talk, all they talk about in August is what's about to hit them in front right now, you know, on the schedule. So, but I don't know. It's just a cool little moment because you feel good for Jayla to get something like that. You feel good for Keely to have moments like that because I don't know who I can't remember who said it, but I think it was Keely today. Cause you're like, you're thinking, you know, the season's not over yet, but you also see that there's not a lot of time left at the same time. So you have to kind of, you do catch yourself being more reflective and, you know, appreciating things more, even though, you know, there's still stuff and left to left to do. But I don't know, just to have a moment like that in your in your own gym with your family and friends all there, knowing that it's senior day. Really cool stuff. Like, especially for Jazz to play the way she did all weekend and, and 
you know, step up when Nora was hurt. Like huge question mark for Creighton, right? When Nora's hurt, you're like, what's going on here? How how can Creighton manage this? With flying colors. It was almost like you didn't even notice her, you know, that she was in a boot. Like, where's Nora? Who cares? They're playing fine. They didn't they <laughs> didn't have they didn't have any problem with St. John's, had no problem with Seton Hall. Um, and then Bethany getting the start today and playing the way she did, and Allison playing the way she did all weekend. Like, I thought it was just a really cool way for the seniors to just punctuate their senior day weekend, and now they get to look forward to everything they probably came to Creighton for, you know, championship time, you know. Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, the cool thing I think is that the seniors, you know, that could play, um, you know, except for Emily Bressman, of course, who like is medically retired. I think they really shined in the roles that they were asked to play. So I think Mm -hmm. that's the really cool part. And I don't think you see that all the time, you know, on a senior day, as much as it's a celebration of kind of what everyone's done. Um, People don't always get the opportunity to, you know, kind of star. So I think that was really fun to see. And then yeah, like the records, I you know, that's just a really cool thing as well. Um, you know, obviously Jayla was very aware of where she was at um, prior to this game and um, this season and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, when you're so close, it's like, all right, let's get to that nice round number of a 1,000. Um, yeah. So that was really meaningful. And obviously her family um, and extended family and stuff, since she's a local um, kid, you know, was was all there today. And that was cool to kind of see them in the stands. And they had balloons. I said a thousand that they um, blew up after she got that and stuff. So those are just the fun things. And um, it's nice for her to do it at home, too. Obviously, you know, it's everything. Senior day, family's there. Um, last, like, regular season match in Sokol. Um, so, yeah, I think you couldn't have asked it for it to go a better way. Um, so, yeah, it was, just, it was cool to be there. For sure. So this third season start now, as you talk about, there's like multiple seasons within a season, right? So third is third season starting right now because next weekend, Creighton has to win one match to clinch at least a share of the regular season title, which would be nine straight, I believe. I'm losing track. You guys have won too much. I don't know. But uh, you know, uh. All the, you know, whether they beat DePaul or Marquette, they'll clinch a share. And if they sweep, obviously they clinch it outright. So next weekend is basically de facto regular season title week. Week after that is Big East tournament. And then week after that is NCAA tournament. So does third season start next weekend, basically, since you're, since it's championship, it's championship matches from here on out, basically. You're going to play for a championship every single day. Yeah, I mean, I would say so. Obviously, yeah, you've got that regular season to take care of um, and you don't want to share the title. So, um, yeah, I think for sure, I mean, you have, this next weekend is a chance to get a trophy, right? And then the following week is another chance to get another one at home. So, yeah, for sure, I think it's it's tournament time, you know, when you look at it from that aspect. Um, just time to, you know, win um, and continue getting better. I think those are the things. If you continue getting a little bit better um, throughout all these matches, obviously we talked about DePaul, you know, maybe being a challenging match for them um, just because Marquette um, in that regular season title is, you know, kind of on hold there for a day before they can play them. So, um, yeah, they'll really have to lock in and take it one match at a time like they've been doing. Um, But, you know, they've been dominating, uh, I think, the 26 straight sets kind of um, proves to you that they've really won in dominant fashion. And I think that's really impressive. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens in that Marquette match. I would assume it would be, you know, kind of emotional up and down, just knowing it's at Marquette and um, a trophy's on the line. 
I mean, you know, Marquette's going to want it bad. So that's oh, going to yeah. be, you know, that's going to be their senior day. Uh, and then they know that it's there is going to be their one chance, regardless of what happens on Friday for Creighton, that it's going to be their one chance to get a share of the thing too, or clinch it out. Right. However it shakes out. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you're going to get Marquette's best, no question about it. And DePaul, at this point, has nothing to play for other than just something to springboard into next season with, right? Because they're going to miss the Big East tournament, and I'm pretty sure they're disappointed about that. So I thought they – I bet they thought going in that they should be in that. It, you're, you're expanding it to six. They made it last year. You know, they're trying to keep that momentum, right? So I bet they're disappointed that they're not going to make the Big East tournament. So – from that point of view, DePaul's probably going to go into Friday with Creighton coming in, thinking this is a national championship match. Like we went, this is this is the most important match we're going to play, maybe in our careers. Um, so if we get if we can beat them and spoil that party, you know that's a great way for us to go into the off season um, and build off that. Like, hey, we finally knocked out, knocked down the big. You know, the, te- the the perennial favorite that every single year that they're the team to beat, we finally got them. It's a good way to build some momentum going into offseason, right? So Creighton's going to get DePaul's best shot because DePaul has nothing to lose. And they're going to get Marquette's best shot because Marquette has a ton to gain from that, right? They want to host. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they want to win a big East regular season title. Um, so this, like, yeah, it just feels like it's it's time. Like, it's it's championship time. And then, you, you know, once you look ahead, it's big East tournament after that. That's another championship tournament. And then after that, it's your season's on the line every day, you know, and you want to get to that final four and you want to make history. So, yeah, it's nothing but championship mode at this point, right? Like, do, do you like that as a player? Because you got the senior day emotions out of the way. You can put them in the – like, you went through all that and you experienced all that, but it, but you don't have to process it anymore. It doesn't have to be – it doesn't have to be on your mind. You can just – kind of put it in the memory bank and move on. Do you feel like that's a little bit, you know, of an advantage for Creighton now because they can just focus on playing championship-level volleyball? Because, you know, you come in in August, and I imagine if you're Creighton, you're thinking October and November are going to be really hard months to get through just because you're not going to be playing um, high-stakes volleyball every single time out, right? Um, The pressure is going to be on you, your target's on your back because everyone's gunning for you. And there's not really a whole lot to gain every weekend other than just sustaining what you've already accomplished. Um, but now there's a lot to gain. Like now I feel like this is the moment of the season that everyone that everyone in a Creighton uniform thinks about when they hit campus in August is regular season title, conference tournament, NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think your goals are finally in sight. Um, as weird as that sounds, like, I think, you know, you can kind of materialize that. It's it's things you talk about, right? Like winning a regular season championship, winning a tournament championship. And I think you finally see, okay, we've done all the work thus far, you know, October, November, we've done the work through those months. And we have two matches and, you know, we kind of hold our own fate in our hands. Um, mm-hmm. And if you beat Marquette, they'll probably have the trophy there ready for you, that sort of thing. So I think- yeah. You know, you're so close to that, that you're just like, yeah, we can do this. You know, we take care of DePaul and then we beat Marquette. Like they're a great team, but we can do it. We can beat them. And um, yeah, so I think, you know, for that, you kind of get rewarded um, immediately. And I think that's exciting. And then obviously the Big East Championship, you know, to be at home 
Um, and, you know, potentially having a rematch with Marquette and kind of playing like those upper level teams of the conference. I think those are things that are really exciting because, you know, it's going to be a great opponent. And, um, you know, those are fun games to play in when it's, you know, back and forth and super competitive. Um, so, yeah, I think this is exciting. And, um, you know, you kind of did did your job. Um, and this is this is the fun part of season. Yeah. So let's 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 dance around the Norris assist dynamic here for a second. Because Creighton obviously played pretty well this weekend, right? Without her. Um and with with situations like that, you probably think rest is important for her, right? Because it's not if it's day to day, it's not season ending. So, you know, the more rest she gets, the better. So do you if if she's ready to go next weekend, do you just let her let her rip? Or do you continue to test out how far you can push these lineups that you have going this weekend that have built up confidence now because they've put some results in the in the in the bank and they know they can play together, they know they can be successful. Do you continue to kind of ride that wave a little bit and you know just keep um keep resting Nora or do you risk compromising your game plans too much from that aspect of things? to where you don't want to have to call her number when you desperately need it. How do you approach that? It's tricky, right? Um, Yeah, it's tricky. I think obviously on paper, you know, Marquette is the match that you, you know, you probably need her, I guess I would say, but at the same time, obviously you can't lose to Nepal. Um, so yeah, I don't know, you know, in that situation, it's maybe something where like she goes through warmups against DePaul, sees how yeah, that feels, feels. You, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. Maybe she's dressed, but you kind of go with a different lineup um, because you have a lot of depth. And then, you know, if you feel like you need her, maybe you use her. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's a hard, that's a hard thing. I think, um, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, if it's day to day, obviously if you can get her another day of rest, um, that's beneficial um especially Mar- the Marquette match you know might go five or something like that I think you're maybe more prone to think that might be a little bit of a longer match um mm-hmm. just kind of looking at your opponents so yeah I don't know that's a it's a hard decision um but yeah you know rest is is great especially in this part of the season if you can give you know people rest that have nagging injuries I think it's really yeah. um beneficial um yeah so I don't know it'll it'll be a hard yeah. decision how long did you deal? How long were you dealing with yours? You had a you had a stress fracture. Um, ankle, right? I had a that stress fracture. Yeah, I was a similar situation where I was like in a boot, and then I was like non weight bearing for a while. Um, yeah, and played and just wore a boot. Otherwise, um, gosh, I can't even remember. It was towards the end of season, I think. Um, mm. Big East Championship, all that stuff, and then NCAA. And, of course, we made a really nice long run in the NCAA tournament. So I kept yeah. on wearing my boot. Um, <laughs> but... how, much did, how, much did, how much did the rest help you, I guess, to, to you know, to help you? Because you, you played all the way through that, uh, all the way through Lawrence, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I played all the way so through. Were... Um, yeah, so, yeah. How mu- so how much did the rest in between matches help? to keep you match ready i guess i mean a lot like i mean i had a stress fracture so the only thing you really can do is like not use it and it'll heal um but as much as like i mean i obviously wasn't i was not practicing i was not doing anything besides doing a ton of treatment for hours 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 of every day 
um, and trying <laughs> yeah. to be able to play. So, yeah, I think it's just, it's hard. Obviously, like, you want to play, and I think that's the hard part um, mm-hmm. of being like, let me play, right? But it's like, can I be totally useful um, yeah. <laughs> all the time yeah. if I'm, like, playing at, you know, a lower capacity than normal? So, that's kind of the hard balance um, of that. And then, yeah, I mean, rest, obviously Creighton has bigger plans. I think, you know, the NCAA tournament is the point. I think they put themselves in a really good position, you know, right now, I think you beat DePaul and then if you lose to Marquette, it's not going to be the end of the world, right? You're still mm-hmm. going to go to an NCAA tournament. Um, you're still going to have that opportunity. So, um, you know, it's, it's that hard balance of, do we want you now? You know, do we need to like wait? Like, hopefully, this mm-hmm. will help you if you rest. And then, you know, when it's game time and then somebody tournament where it's you know win or go home that sort of situation, then we can use you. So yeah, yeah, it's it's hard. <laughs> it is. It's really tricky. I don't envy that position at all, especially when you're dealing with someone like Nora, who's so impactful in so many ways. You know, she's obviously the primary offensive option and then but she's also a really good ball handler she's a great passer she's a good server like there's lots of ways she impacts you know winning and everything like that so i think it's going to be tricky and then when you yeah you when you think about all those certain things it does become a different an interesting decision because i think right now and we'll talk about this more after the regular season's over because we'll have more of a clearer picture i guess because we'll know what happened in that second Marquette match. But when you look at it right now, the way RPI just shakes out, I think there are about 12 teams, in my opinion, who are like are locked into hosting spots where they have to do something dramatic to screw it up at this point. I think they've got all the elements of a good record with marquee wins, and it feels like they're all in really good position to host at this point. I think there's 12 teams right now who can hit the hit, the, you know, they're when their head hits the pillow tonight, I think they can feel pretty confident about their position. And then I think there's about four or I think there's about five or six teams gunning for those last uh, four spots and Creighton's in that spot. Marquette's in that position. Uh, Rice, um, Houston, UCF, those type of teams, Baylor, you know, there's a there's a just a, a little bit of a grouping there, and then there's Georgia Tech. I think if Georgia Tech wins that pit um, down the stretch here at the end of the season, that's going to be a really huge win for them. That I put them in the hosting conversation too. So yeah, I think there's about five or six, maybe seven teams that are in contention for the last four spots, um, and Creighton's in that right now. So they're you know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how good Nora's feeling and um, how Creighton you know, how Creighton can use her the last, you know, two weekends from next week to the conference tournament leading into selection Sunday. It'll be, it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, obviously, I mean, what she does all around, you know, defense, offense, every, you know, everything you, you name it, she impacts the game um, in that way. And, um, you know, she's really that true, like, six rotation player that they've had consistently this year. So, um, hard to see her down. Obviously, their depth. Um, we talked about it. You know, you might need it. And here's a perfect example of why yep. you need that depth. And um, mm-hmm. the depth being, you know, really great. And I think that's that's the special part of it. You have great players that have stepped up and um, played their roles really well. And, you know, very little drop-off. So, that's really exciting. And um, at least, you know, for coaches – um, state of mind, they can 
maybe you know relax a little bit knowing that you have really great maybe. people yeah. um, in positions mm-hmm. so i doubt she'll relax but you know you yeah. could maybe a little <laughs> yeah a normal human being could probably look on paper and relax but yeah they probably won't you're right uh, yeah, but I, I just, yeah, I just don't know how you can't help but be encouraged by what you saw from Jazz Schmidt this weekend. You know, extremely efficient from that right side, and you know Keeley can handle being an outside hitter. Um, done it before, uh, and you know Ava can handle a heavy load. Like that, you just have more options than you basically ever had to, uh, you know, to brace yourself from an injury of this magnitude. Not in severity of the injury we don't know what it is but in terms of who it's who sustained it you know like you know i don't know if in previous years like you take away a jaylee winners and a jayla zimmerman off the team and you try to you know go next one down the line it it hasn't been as effective as what this team has done from a depth standpoint so i think you have from a coaching staff perspective i can't help but think they have a little bit more confidence and belief in their options uh should nora not be healthy enough to go, you know? Yeah, I agree. 100%. You know, we've talked about it, but, you know, I don't think there's a team that's been, you know, this strong as far as depth wise goes. Um, So it's a great advantage to them. Um, Obviously you don't want to see injuries happen, but you know, they're kind of inevitable at some point, you know, yeah. this late into the season, mm-hmm. you've played so much volleyball. I think everyone's a little bit banged up, but if you can manage injuries and you have a team that can adapt, um, and play really high level volleyball, no matter who's, you know, in those specific positions. I think those are the teams that go on to have really long seasons. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. Yep. Um, I think that's everything on my mind. I don't know if we left anything untouched. Talked about first ball kills, jazz, Bethany, Allison, Jayla Keeley next weekend. Anything else on your mind? Did we miss anything? I don't think so. I feel like we really yeah. covered our bases. I think we did too. That's a wrap on the wrap up there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in. Appreciate it as always. Uh yeah, it's championship time now. Next week, uh Creighton plays DePaul on Friday, Marquette on Saturday. So they're going back to back now, no buffer this time. So that's tricky from a preparation standpoint. I think Megan talked about that last weekend. You kind of almost have to pair for both because you're not gonna have time in between right a whole lot of time so you gotta you have to make sure you're ready for DePaul first and foremost because that's who you're playing first um but uh you also have to kind of get Marquette's tendencies you know locked down in terms of scouts so you're ready for that the next day right so how tricky is that just a you know back-to-back preparation versus what's different about it versus not having the Saturday buffer in between yeah, I can't remember if we ever had a day in between when, like, yeah, I, I played on the road. Yeah. I don't think we ever did. Um, I feel like that's true. Yeah, but so is, that it, would is, be it, nice. is it is it fifty fifty? Is it 50-50? Do you just go half to Paul, half Marquette, and prepare that way, or how do you do it? I mean, I I feel like you have to devote a lot of time to Marquette. I mean, in this in this position, they have such great parity. You know, they have yeah. great hitters. You're gonna have to learn tendencies or kind of refresh on those tendencies since you've obviously yes. played them 
Um, so I think you have to refresh on that big time, like during a week of practice and, um, you know, having like practice players or like your B side emulate, you know, those patterns, I think you, you have to do that in your week leading up. Um, as much as talking about it is great. I think kind of seeing that, um, and seeing like where people hit and making sure you're in the correct position, um, just kind of going through that physically, um, helps you remember. So I'm sure there will be a lot of, you know, on court um, attention kind of drawn to that just because of the options that they have offensively. Um, and then DePaul, obviously, I mean, you have to pay attention to them because you can't afford to lose to them. So, um, yeah, you'll go through that a lot too and um, do your scout. Sometimes I remember like getting a scout early, like on Marquette um, or a team maybe that had a lot of options. Like they'd be like, all right, we're doing the scout for DePaul, but like we're going to give this to you early as well because we need you to like look at it, like look at the rotations that you're in, make sure you know who's up, you know, who's going where, especially for blockers, um, you know, kind of like having to memorize almost, you know, okay, mm -hmm. my rotation here, like th these are their primary options. And I remember a few times where, you know, if it was going to be a little bit more complicated, then you're going to get that scout a little bit earlier, maybe even a day or two before you play the other team. Um, but, you know, obviously they'll have conversations of, okay, like you got to learn this, but also remember, like, we need to be locked in. So like, we're completely focused on DePaul, you know, the day of and all that and the morning of and all that sort of thing. Gotcha. So, yeah. So next weekend then is, uh, see what times they take off here. 7 PM on Friday at DePaul and then 6 PM at Marquette. Both those matches are on flow sports. So that's how you can follow along there. Um, yeah, that's all. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate you guys listening always. Nothing but championship volleyball here coming up. So we'll talk to you again after next week's matches. Um, and then again after uh, Selection Sunday. So we'll get you kind of regular season recap, Big East tournament preview, then NCAA tournament preview, and then we'll go from there. See how long the Jays can keep the ride going. So for Megan Ballinger, I'm Matt DeMarinas. Thank you, everybody for tuning in and listening to the show. Uh, we appreciate you. We'll talk to you all next week.